Maybe we've been unfaithful in our relationship. We've been living in fear and we're just becoming aware of it. We've been avoiding the pain. We've been avoiding our spending habits. We've been avoiding the dormant tension in our families that we've not addressed. And we finally say, we pull back that layer of I'm okay. We were trying to do, well, it's not okay to not be okay. And we're saying, the hell with it. I can't lie anymore. I am not okay. Welcome to Substance, not Psychobabble. I'm your host, Vanessa Londino. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram handle is Vanessa the Therapist. All right. So I'm going to talk about something today that I think applies to every single one of us. So I hope, and I'm going to say this again at the end, if you like this podcast, that you'll share it. But I want to talk about the word fine. I'm fine. Or okay. I'm okay. She's okay. You're okay. These are four-letter words that sometimes do a lot more harm than other four-letter words I can think about. Why? Because the essence of why we say this to each other, I'm fine, I'm okay, is usually, my friends, our own shame. Years ago, I'm talking, my goodness, maybe 10 years ago in a 12-step meeting, I remember hearing somebody say, when I say I'm fine, I mean I'm freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. (laughs) F-I-N-E, freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. And some of you may have heard that before, but that was the first time I'd ever heard that acronym. And I remember just chuckling to myself, man, that's so true. So often when we say, I'm fine, we're actually internally not okay. And sometimes people come into therapy and they say, oh, I'm fine. And then they burst into tears or I'm fine. And then they just crumble. And people claim to be fine and then harm themselves. They crawl back behind their walls. They put on their face. They put on the front. Sometimes they even consider taking their own lives. But on the outside, they're fine. They're okay. So today I want to talk about the long road to okay. To really okay. And there's a path here. So first I'm going to outline the path. And then I'm going to break it down. The first step of healing is saying, I'm okay, which is exactly like saying, I'm fine. But you're not. You're not fine. You're not okay, but that's what we do. Maybe we don't have people in our lives we trust. I'll say more about this, lots more about this. But we say, I'm okay. Why do we do this? Because it's not okay to not be okay. Now follow me here. Then we get to a point where we admit, I am not okay. And once we start admitting, I'm not okay, we start to find that I'm going to be okay. And then we might get from I'm going to be okay to it's okay to not be okay. And I'm going to break all of this down for you. But this is the path. And then we get to, wow, I'm, I'm okay. And then we finally land at it's okay to be okay. Friends, I know I just said okay about 27 times. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to break it down. But I want us to understand That the path of healing very often goes from the face of denial to the face of empowerment. And this is how we get there. Okay, let's dive in. I'm okay. Denial. This is before we get to therapy or right when we begin the work of therapy. But really, and I had a conversation about this recently with someone, therapy is not always the answer. The reason why therapy helps is because it gives you a forum, a space to do two things. To be honest 
and to be accountable for your actions. That's why and when therapy works, if you are honest and accountable. Now, what do we mean by accountable? Because therapy is not always useful. It's not always helpful. Sometimes people spend years, thousands of dollars in therapy. It doesn't do anything for them. And there's two reasons why. The therapist is not holding them accountable. And of course, the therapist may lack skill. I am not a perfectly skilled therapist. I make mistakes all the time. But if the structure of the therapy is not built so that the client can be truthful with themselves, which by default means the therapist, but with themselves is really the point, and if they're not held accountable, therapy is not going to work. What do I mean by self-accountability? I mean that the choices that we make are held as equally important as the outcomes. Okay, let me break this down a little bit. Self-accountability means that we do not hold ourselves accountable or responsible for other people's choices or their actions. It means we don't, therefore, hold ourselves accountable for childhood abuse. That was not our choice. We are not accountable for that choice. We are not responsible for that choice. We don't hold ourselves accountable or responsible for our parents' divorce. We don't hold ourselves accountable or responsible for our parents' addiction, okay? Whatever happened in childhood, what children generally choose for themselves is mostly centered around their own fun or enjoyment. (laughs) No child chooses these difficult life situations, but a lot of us have grown up blaming ourselves for some of these things. In true self-accountability, you only take accountability for your choices and the outcomes that those choices have created. The other layer of self-accountability is we take responsibility for how we respond to other people's choices. Do you follow? So in self-accountability, we are not responsible for other adults' decisions, whether it's a healthy or an unhealthy decision like addiction. And we are not responsible or accountable for those outcomes, but we are responsible and accountable for how we respond. Self-accountability means we do hold ourselves accountable for the choices we make as adults and the outcomes of those choices are there to teach us. And this is a big part of understanding the power of self-accountability. Our lives are our own teachers. We can go find gurus, pastors, priests, you know, therapists. We can find these people. But really, if you just look at your own life, Your life is your teacher. It is there to help guide you and open your eyes to making better choices if necessary or reinforcing that the choices that you're making are great. But the key to self-accountability is to view your choices equally as important as your outcomes. And part of that, like I said, with childhood situations is you had to discern whether or not you had a choice. If you didn't have a choice, the accountability is in the response. If you did have a choice, you might ask yourself, what did you choose and why? What drove your decisions? Many times in therapy, I'll hear people say, well, I had to blah, 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 blah. I, you know, someone made me blah, 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 blah. And over time, the work is to go from saying I had to, to I chose to. And this is where self-empowerment lives. You know, we want to be self-empowered, but we can't do that if we are constantly seeing ourselves as reactors instead of actors. It won't go together. 
We can't be living on the reactionary side of life, constantly allowing other people to govern our mood, our actions, our days, whether or not we're happy. We can't live on the reactive side of life and then be self-empowered. Self-empowerment puts you on the other side of life, which is my life is going to be the experience I choose. I have power over my own actions. The life we're living now, my friends, it is by and large what we have chosen at this point, unless you are a very young adult. But if you're over 30 and you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that a lot of what you're living through, you chose. And that doesn't mean, well, if it's difficult, did I choose badly? No. If it's difficult, it may just be a river you have to cross, a mountain you have to climb to keep going. Can you imagine if the people who summited Everest were like, oh my gosh, it's hard. We we must have taken a wrong turn. No, to get to the top, you have to climb. You know, to get to the other side of the country, somebody had to cross the Mississippi. To discover, quote unquote, new worlds, you had to cross oceans. I mean, the, the path of life is through rivers and mountains and valleys and oceans and deserts. Like Metaphorically speaking, all of those things you will encounter, that doesn't mean you're not doing life right. And this is, I mean, obviously we could sit here and take apart all of our decisions. Were they healthy? Were they not healthy? Probably a combination of a lot, which is kind of the point of this podcast. But that is life and us being empowered in it means I have made the choices in my life that have brought me to the edge of this river and now I've got to learn how to swim or I've got to learn how to build a boat to get across. Now, sometimes life happens to us and it is unfortunate when it's tragedy. That happens. Not everything in life is driven by us. Sometimes we have relationships with people who are self-destructive or just destructive in the way they do relationship. We didn't necessarily choose for their choices to be destructive, right? We didn't choose their addiction. We didn't choose their dysfunction. How we respond to it is where we are accountable. But by and large, we are creating the lives we choose. And for some of us, that's going to be really hard to hear. You're going to be sitting there listening. Oh, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to be unhappy. Okay, I get that. Nobody really chooses a life that will make them miserable. But within that unhappiness, you have a lot of choices. You know, the real essence of what we call the victim mindset, or, you know, if you look up the drama triangle and you look at the role of the victim, which is part of what we all do to try and get our needs met in relationship. The real essence of what we call the victim mindset is a disconnection from the choices and the outcomes. We want outcomes, but we don't want to take responsibility for our choices. And that right there is the essence of the victim mindset. That's all it is. It's an inordinate focus on outcomes without equally balancing in our choices. So I'm camping on that for a moment because therapy isn't always the answer. Therapy works pretty well when there's a balance of compassion and accountability. When there's honesty and grace. And it's hard to get that right. I will tell you as a therapist, I just faced a week in which I had to face a real empathic failure on my part with a client. It's hard. We're human too. So therapy is a great tool. I don't think it's the only tool. Because the real work of healing is honesty and accountability. And you can do that in a number of places. A therapy office should be a helpful tool, but it's not always. 
So we start with, and that was a little sidebar on self-accountability, but I think it needs to be said. So we start with, I'm okay. And we say that as tears stream down our cheeks. And maybe some of you listening right now just welled up a little bit. Like I'm saying I'm okay, but I'm really hurting. My relationship is on the rocks. My marriage is about to go under. I've been thinking suicidal thoughts, but I'm telling people I'm okay. And our hearts and our minds are screaming, I'm not okay, but our mouths are simply saying, I'm okay. What does that really mean? It means I'm scared to confront this. I'm managing it. I'm trying to keep it all together. It hasn't crumbled yet. I'm functioning So I'm okay, but you're not really okay. What does okay mean? Really, I think what it means is I'm scared to confront this. It's like Jenga. If I pull this little piece out, the whole thing's going to come crashing down. Why do we say we're okay when we're not? Very often, I believe it's because we didn't receive enough compassion in childhood. Well, Vanessa, you always go back to childhood. Oh, I'm sorry. It just happens to be the imprint for the rest of your life. (laughs) It's important. I think a lot of us didn't receive compassion. It wasn't okay to say in childhood, I'm not okay. So you just learned to always be okay. Maybe we have a fear of abandonment. We don't believe others will stand by us. We don't believe others will respect us if we aren't strong. If we show the weak link in the chain, people will leave us. They won't see us the same way. Or maybe it's just an internal sense of pride. We don't want to appear weak in our own eyes. We have to maintain the image we've created for others, but for ourselves, we can't admit we're not okay. Doesn't fit in with our self-image. That's a dangerous place to be. Or maybe we're hopeless. Maybe we've run out of answers. So we threw our hands up in the air and just said, you know what? I'm all right. It's fine. Again, that word, fine. I'm okay. Because there's nothing I can do about it anyway. Maybe there's a fear of reprisal. There are consequences associated with not being okay. Maybe we fear someone in our lives and we tell ourselves and we tell them, I'm okay, so that we don't stir up anger. There are a lot of reasons why we say it's okay, I'm okay, but it's not. But the real root, the real problem is that deep within us, it's not okay to not be okay. And that's our second stage of healing. But Vanessa, isn't that just what's underneath? Yes, my friends, and healing is about pulling back the layers of an onion. And we've got to take this one pretty slow. The top layer is I'm okay, but the next layer is, well, I'm okay because it's not okay to not be okay. And we've got to admit this to ourselves. I do not allow myself to not be okay. And when we hear ourselves say this out loud and own this, again, healing is about honesty. If this is honestly how we feel about ourselves, we've got to face it. So let's admit it. It is not okay when I am not okay. My family cannot manage when I am not okay. My marriage cannot manage when I am not okay. My parents cannot manage when I am not okay. My job 
can't manage if I'm not okay. My social circle, my friends, they won't let me not be okay. I cannot manage. I cannot live with myself unless I am okay. And then we start to realize when we admit this, the pressure we are living under to be okay all the time, to hold it all together when all we are doing is we are not okay. We are holding up the appearance of being okay. And our entire life is an act and we wonder why we're miserable. Remember that healing flows from honesty. Now, we might explore the origin of that pressure that we put on ourselves in therapy. We might begin to ask, when and where and why did I start believing that I had to be okay all the time? Those are great questions. But we start to feel the pressure. Where do you feel it in your body? Oh, man, on my neck and my shoulders. Well, no wonder I can't move. No wonder I'm stiff. No wonder I'm reactive. Because if anything in my life presents me with any slight inkling of the idea that it's not okay, I'm going to push hard against that and make it okay. So I'm in denial and I need everybody in denial to be around me. And we begin to identify the root of pressure, which is shame. Folks, this is as shame-based as it gets. I have to be okay. Because if I'm not okay, everything falls apart. And if I am not okay, I'm bad, wrong, weak, or unworthy. But then it gets bad enough. Something breaks us. And we think that God is not on our side. And we think that life is unfair. And really what we are receiving is a gift. Because in that breaking open, we start to face reality. Remember what healing requires. It requires a commitment to honesty. This is what's really happened and this is what's really happening. This is what's real. Remember, it's a commitment to reality. I think I did a podcast on that a few weeks ago, right? Keeping it real. And it's a commitment to self-accountability. This is what's in my control. This is what's not in my control. And then we say, I am not okay. So we've gone from, I'm okay, to it's not okay to not be okay. But now we're getting real. I'm not okay. Maybe we've been crying more than we're admitting. Maybe we've been keeping secrets and they're just starting to like burn holes in our conscience. Maybe we're drinking on the down low. Maybe we've been unfaithful in our relationship. We've been living in fear and we're just becoming aware of it. We've been avoiding the pain. We've just been avoiding our bank account. We've been avoiding our spending habits. We've been avoiding the dormant tension in our families that we've not addressed. And we finally say, we pull back that layer of I'm okay. We were trying to do, well, it's not okay to not be okay. And we're saying, the hell with it. I can't lie anymore. I am not okay. And you know, it's like lifting a flower pot. You know, on the outside, on the top, it's all pretty and the flowers are blooming. But then you lift up that pot and underneath there's all this caked up dirt and worms and bugs. That's what it's like. You lift up the flower pot in life and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And we still feel shame because we still believe it's not okay to not be okay. 
but I'm admitting it. And this is a painful step. We are really uncomfortable here. When we have to look at people who know us to be okay, strong, capable, got it under control. And we have to look at those people and say, I'm not. What we don't realize, and this is the most powerful piece, what we actually don't realize is that we are squaring off in this moment with our shame. We're going toe to toe with shame and staring it down. We are taking one of the most powerful actions we can ever take in our lives, which is simply to be honest. I am not okay. I've been lying to myself and to you for however long I've been lying. I'm not okay. And I am not okay admitting this, but I am not okay. Then once we admit this, the energy starts to shift around us because people now know what? What do they know, Vanessa? The truth. We're now opening the door to connecting in honesty. Maybe we get good help from a therapist, from friends, from family, and we start to realize there are options. You know, folks, part of what brings people into therapy and honestly, part of what leads people to tragic endings in their lives, like addiction or suicide, and addiction isn't an end, but it's a series of unhealthy decisions that could lead to death. It's the end of hope. People truly believe that they've run out of options. I remember a professor said that in graduate school. He said, people come to therapy when they've run out of options. And it's very true. I mean, I have so much respect for people who go to therapy and do their work. But I love when a client comes to me in therapy and says, I've been trying to hold this together for a long time and I've just realized I can't. You know what that shows me? They're strong. They're, fi- they're fighting. They're trying. They had many options. They tried them all. They've exhausted all of their resources. I respect that. Good for you. Good for you for trying. There's a part of me that always wishes, man, I wish you'd come in sooner. But you know what? You came in when you were ready to come in. You came in when you proved to yourself, I'm not okay. It's not okay to be okay. And I don't really know what to do about that. So now I'm admitting I'm not okay. Then we realize, oh, the sum total of options I thought I had in my mind is not the sum total of options that exist. It's just the total options I thought I had. But you start to get other brains on the same issue. A therapist, a wise friend, a religious leader, some kind of person who stands in the space of a counselor, a parent, a friend, whoever it is, whoever we're going to. Again, I'm not making therapy the do-all, end-all. It's not. It's a good tool. But you start putting somebody else's brain on this, and then you start talking, well, Let me talk to so-and-so about that. You got more than one brain on this thing. You start to see there are more options than you realize. There are more tools to cope with this situation than you realized. And maybe some of those options are terrible. I don't want to go down that path. I'm going to cross that off the list. Okay. Maybe some people give you bad advice. Okay. That happens. Chuck it. But maybe someone speaks a kernel of truth to you and it resonates And I had a a supervisor who used to say, Vanessa, hit the expand button. Help somebody's mind expand into a larger perspective. I'm bigger than I realized. Maybe this problem is smaller than I realized. Maybe I have more power than I realized. A different set of choices arises based on a new 
perspective. And that new outlook brings a little bit of something you desperately need, which is hope. And then you start to think, and this is the next step in the journey, I'm going to be okay. This is a healing moment, friends. Just that. Just that little sentence in your mind, you know what, maybe I'm going to be okay. Because that's where you disconnect from the trap you felt you were in. We all feel stuck at times. I'm stuck in this. I can't get out. Maybe not with the tools you have, but that doesn't mean the tools don't exist. When you start to say, I'm going to be okay, you can see a way out now. Lots of different situations can bring us to a very small sentence of hope. I'm going to be okay. Maybe it's the larger perspective, and that puts our problems in perspective. Maybe we realize, you know, my blessings outnumber my losses. Maybe we have new choices. I can improve this situation by doing something different. Maybe we learn how to detach. This situation is out of my control and it's draining me. I have to detach from it. I have to learn how to live in a detached way from these people or from this issue. Maybe it's grief. I can grieve. And in that river of tears, I learn how to let things go. It's slow. It's painful. It's like a glacier moving. But I can learn to live without her, without him, without that. I'm going to be okay without this in my life. Lots of ways to get there. Lots of ways to realize I'm going to be okay. And when we start to see the growth, the hope, we have new energy. There's a little bit more of a bounce in our step. There's life that's coming back to us because we're finally admitting we weren't okay. Now we have new options. Then we start to say, and this is a powerful place to be, it's actually okay to not be okay. And we mean it. We start to see the purpose of pain. And hopefully, hopefully, we've got people around us, even one person who's meeting us with compassion in our not okayness. <laughs> And maybe they're real with us and they share with us their own struggles. You know, I had a session recently with someone who, you know, they had a conflict in their relationship and they were so disappointed. Man, I wish we didn't have that conflict. And I said, well, you know, Jared and I got into it this morning. Really? You and Jared said, oh, yeah. I mean, we worked it through. We used our tools. Frankly, it was more his tools than my tools that morning. But we got into it. We worked it out. We ended up in a connected place, right? We can't avoid all conflict. Conflict means we're both showing up in the relationship, but we can use our tools to regroup and redirect ourselves back toward connection. And we did that. But yes, we have conflict. Absolutely. And it's okay to not be okay. We got to work through these conflicts. We're learning about each other. They're productive. The struggles of life are productive. Pain is productive. The river I've come to is productive. I'm going to learn how to swim. The mountain I've come to is productive. I'm going to learn how to climb. It's okay to not be okay. And the other part of realizing that it's okay to not be okay is we start to embrace humanity. Not just the purpose of pain, like, oh, it's not only okay to not be okay, it's kind of advantageous to not be okay. Okay, there's that, but then there's also just, this is life. Being not okay is the first step of growth. We think it's the first step downhill. It's a slippery slope. I mean, if I admit this, it's all gonna fall apart. No, it is actually the first step 
up. We rise as we descend into truth and into pain. As we descend, we rise. It's a paradox. So we come out of denial, not just about ourselves, but about life in general. Sometimes we are not okay. That's the beginning of a growth curve. And everyone is also sometimes, sometimes a lot of the time, not okay. It is okay to not be okay. And we're getting it. We're realizing it. Why? Well, because I'm growing and because it's human. And we embrace the brokenness of humanity because it is a fact. The brokenness of my humanity, the brokenness of your humanity is a fact. And if we are healing, remember, we are interested in truth. And the fact is sometimes human beings are not okay. Now we're in the work. We're working with our pain. We're embracing our humanity. I am not okay. And it's okay to not be okay. By embracing our humanity, we're embracing ourselves. And sometimes we come into therapy and we fall apart and we say, I am not okay. And it's still hard, but it's getting easier. And then sometimes we notice that we come in and we sit down and we say, I'm actually okay. But it's not denial anymore. You're actually okay. Now, what are we really saying? I'm self-regulating my emotions. I'm choosing my responses instead of reacting. I'm using new tools and they're working. My false beliefs are getting weaker. They're being replaced with truths, healthy truths about myself. I don't believe those condemning messages anymore. It could mean I'm standing up to the bullies in my life. I'm sleeping more peacefully because my conscience is clear. I'm seeing how I have the answers within me. I'm grieving and the pain is moving through me. Maybe it means I'm sober. Maybe it means I'm breathing and I'm staying with myself instead of exploding or engaging in power games. Maybe it means I'm now allowing people into my life. What it really means is I feel connected to my real self. The self that's not okay. And that's a huge paradox. When we connect to the part of us that isn't okay, we begin to be okay. But we're not in denial anymore. It's not a lie. It's not a front. It's an experience. And we still have our days. We're going to have our days. We're still coming in with, I'm not okay. And sometimes we're coming in with, I'm okay. And we're observing this. You know, sometimes I'm not okay. And I'm noticing when I'm not okay. And I'm noticing what happens in my life when I'm not okay. I'm noticing what thought patterns I'm in when I'm not okay. I'm noticing what false narratives I believe when I'm not okay. And then I'm noticing what's happening when I am okay. How I'm talking to myself internally when I feel okay. And we can say, I'm okay. And you know what? That's okay. Knowing, stay with me, that when we're not okay, that's okay too. And the biggest part about being okay is knowing that when you're not okay, that's okay. We don't live in fear of life anymore. We know there are ups and downs. We see it. We can take it. And that, my friends, is self-regulation. How did we get here? Well, we're moving into more self-acceptance because you don't have to live in fear anymore. 
So there's more acceptance of life. There's more self-acceptance. We're not fearing our weaknesses and struggles. We know how to work through them. I know this river. I know this mountain. Oh, it's a new river. It's a new mountain. I don't know this river. I don't know this mountain, but I know that I passed the last one. I crossed that river. I climbed that mountain. I suppose I can do this one. We've grooved in some new neural pathways. All those synapses that used to fire in the brain that kept us in downward spirals and negative thoughts and self-criticism, they're now replaced with positive belief systems, positive self-talk, different situations that those different beliefs have gotten us into, and we've got new neural pathways. What does that mean? It means that our healthier behaviors are becoming habits. In other words, healthy behaviors require less conscious thought, and we're accepting a new version of ourselves. We're seeing a person within us who is strong, self-controlled, wise, capable, directive, and this one's big, self-compassionate. When you know that you can meet yourself with open arms when you're not okay, guess what? You're going to be okay. You know, there are so many pathways to healing. I hope you followed me today. I used the word okay. We should count. It's like 357 times. So many pathways, so many ways to conceptualize, so many metaphors. You know, healing is like fixing an engine. Healing is like crossing a river. Healing is like growing a plant. Well, today healing is going from I'm okay to it's okay to be okay. Now, how do we get there? I'm okay when we start is denial. Then it's not okay to not be okay. And that's living in shame. Then we go to I am not okay. We're coming out of denial. We're facing shame. I'm going to be okay. The beginning of hope. It's okay to not be okay. Healing from shame and embracing humanity. I'm okay. Emotionally self-regulated. Boundaries in place. Protecting our sanity and our serenity. It's okay to be okay. Now we believe in healing. We believe in ourselves. We're living strong. All right, let's pause there. If this spoke to you today, would you please consider, go to Apple Podcasts if you listen on Apple, leave us a five-star review, write a review. If you like the content, subscribe. Click subscribe to the podcast. That actually raises our ranks. That would be awesome. And of course, if you like this, share it. So many people are living in the pain of not being okay. The mask is on. And they're walking around lying to themselves, to others, and they're miserable. And we know these people because we were these people. We are these people. Ask yourself, where in this process am I? Am I in denial? Am I saying it's okay if it's not okay? Am I in shame? It's not okay to not be okay. Am I coming out of denial? I'm not okay. I'm admitting it. Am I entering into hope? It's going to be okay. Am I learning to confront my shame? It's okay when I'm not okay. We're healing. I'm okay. And then we're believing in ourselves. It's okay to be okay. Where are you? Share this. Share this and talk about it. Begin to crack through the mask of I'm okay. So that you can get to I'm really okay. And remember, your soul work 
is to discover who you truly are. I hope this makes sense. Where are you on this continuum? Maybe you think, well, Vanessa, in this situation, I'm okay. And then in this situation, I'm not really okay, but I'm saying I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Admit it. Talk about it. Your sole work is to discover who you truly are and learn how to love that human being wherever you are on that journey. This podcast is recorded in Nashville, Tennessee and edited by Jared Bentley. I'm Vanessa Londino and you just listened to Substance, Not Psychobabble.